So we're here, we're recording this episode right after Thanksgiving, which means we are smack dab in the middle of open enrollment time for healthcare. So for most of you out there and for us as well, you are either choosing a new health insurance plan from your employer or you're shopping for yourself because you're self-employed and maybe you're looking at uh, healthcare.gov and choosing a plan for yourself. And this is tough. I find it tough for me. I find it challenging for most of my clients in trying to figure out and anticipate what is 2023 going to look like, right? Because the plan you choose, whether it's going to be the right plan for you and your family, is going to depend on what happens medically over the next year. And uh, I don't know if anybody realizes this, but we don't have crystal balls and we have no idea what's going to happen. Um for the most part, because life's full of surprises and you don't really know, unless you have a planned surgery of some kind or you're in the middle of an illness, you don't know how many times you're going to need to go to the doctor. You don't know if you're going to fall off a ladder and need hospital care. And for some people, if you're pregnant, you know you're going to have a baby in the following year, let's say. But for some people, they may get pregnant in January or February and have a baby in 2023. And obviously have no idea that's going to happen as of today. So I know um, I find this a very frustrating time of year. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about just kind of trends of what's happening out there for medical care choices in um, insurance. But for you, Latrice and Alyssa, do you uh, choose from an employer plan or do you purchase your own plan? Well, funny you say that. We just had a um, conversation last night. So I choose from my, my husband's um, employer plan um, and it was time to make selections. So conversation was, well, what do we pick? What do we think is going to happen next year? Just like you said, we have no idea. <laughs> um, we feel like we're relatively um, in a healthy space. Um, and we also tried to figure out how do we offset the cost, the rising costs that kind of um, makes your stomach drop when you see the numbers. Um, for us, the in order to stay with the same plan that we had in 2022 this year, it would cost us $200 more a month um, in um, healthcare costs. Uh, or we had the option, obviously, to go down to a, a plan where you're paying more into the deductible space, um, but not as much um, out of the paycheck every every month. Um, so it was, you know, like you said, the lesser of several evils and figure out, you know, we can't get around the increase in cost. Um, so for us personally, we opted to go, we lowered our coverage um, so that we did not, and we still had to pay more money. So um, it's not always a fun thing um, to have to come to make decisions about every year. What about you, Alyssa? So of the three of us, I have probably the, the least to add from a personal perspective on healthcare insurance because um, we have TRICARE Prime. Because my husband served 20 plus years in the military, he has retired and he gets healthcare for the rest of his life. 
Uh, okay. We get health care for the rest of our lives, a limited number of plans that you can pick. Um, and every year we have the same coverage every year. I won't say every year. Um, the premiums go up a little bit and that's not within our control like it is for anybody else. And then we just have to make sure that we're always staying within the system um, and make sure we know what our healthcare coverage is. But it's not like I have to pour over tons and tons of offerings. It's very different. Our premiums are very, very low. I feel incredibly blessed that I don't have to go through a lot of the different offerings and things like that. It's just, it is what the government offers military retirees. It sounds great. It does. Um, do you see the coverage changing? Has coverage gone down over the years? Like we experienced out kind of in private plans and in the private sector? I'm going to flat out say, I don't have an answer to your question. And what I will say is this. We always have to be mindful of who we go to and whether or not they take TRICARE Prime. Um, but beyond, and, and things like inside any health insurance plan, they're always changing a little bit, but I am not an expert on TRICARE Prime. I think the big thing for me that I notice, uh, obviously for me personally, um, but especially with clients and family members, when we talk about the choices out there um, in picking a plan, and this is regardless if it's employer or on healthcare.gov and purchasing your own plan, the high deductible plans are plentiful. Matter of fact, that seems to be the majority of the offerings are these high deductible plans. The deductibles keep increasing, obviously, because of inflation, but in general, they go up significantly every year uh, and the premiums go up as well. And this decision of trying to figure out, do you spend more on the premium, like Latrice, you just talked about, more on the premium or less premium cost and raising those deductibles. And I think what people lose sight of is when you have a high deductible plan, generally speaking, that means you are going to pay just about everything out of pocket mm -hmm. up till that. And I think we always assume, well, I don't have that many Medicare medical costs. Um, it won't be that bad. It doesn't take long between doctor visits. And if you have a family, um, you go to the chiropractor, you get a couple of sicknesses where you need to visit the doctor, need to get some x-rays taken and one ER visit or one, um, uh, what is it? Uh, urgent care visit, something like that. How quickly that adds up into the thousands and that's completely out of pocket. And we're looking at deductibles, individual high deductibles of, Roughly what I'm seeing right now, uh, 8,500 to in the $9,000 range it, per person, per person. Wow. And with family deductibles in the 16, 17, $18,000 range. And I don't have a lot of statistics on this, but I know that it's either the number one or number two cause of bankruptcy in the United States is medical costs. Mm -hmm. Because when this happens, you're already spending so much time or so much money on your premiums and a couple of unexpected medical bills. And most people don't have that kind of margin to be able to cover that three, five, ten thousand dollars or possibly more 
out of pocket. It's an enormous amount of money. It's a huge amount of money. And when I talk to people in their 20s, they just look at the cost and go, what's the, what's the benefit? Yeah. I've spoken with a number of people in their 20s who are young and healthy who just say, we're just not going to get it. Because when you're young and healthy, at least I remember my perspective when I was in my 20s, bad things happen to other people. Right. Exactly. It's never going to happen to you in your 20s, right? You're invincible. Right. And I know a number of people who are just uncovered and they they do it willingly. Um, although I will say that when money's tight, it's a lot easier to just say that we, you know, we're just not going to buy it. We're young, we're healthy, and we need the money for other stuff. Whether or not that's a wise decision is debatable, but when there's just not a lot there, it seems like an easy choice to just say, we're just, we're just not going to do it right now. It's a risk. You're taking a bet. You're taking that bet that you're going to be healthy and you're not going to need the coverage. And the hard thing is there's so many things that are Yes, we are all in control of the things that we do to impact our health levels. Mm-hmm. Eat right, exercise, get lots of sleep, meditate, do all the things to take care of blood pressure and joints and stretching, all the things. And then we're not in control of whether or not someone's going to T-bone us. Right. Exactly. Yep. No crystal ball. And uh, life is always full of unexpected things. Um, my understanding from reading up on this and my own research is high deductible plans are the mainstay out there right now. And that can range, I mean, realistically, anywhere from, I think, 3,000, 3,500 up to 9,500 for a deductible. So those are considered high deductible plans. Um, I think what I've heard is that if you historically don't need to go to the doctor or your family. You really don't go to the doctor besides well visits, very limited, not many prescriptions, high deductible plans work good. They work well. You don't need to utilize the insurance very much. If you have chronic conditions, lots of illnesses, uh, you know you have surgeries coming up, things like that, uh, pregnancy, but again, chronic illness, cancer, things like that, a high deductible plan is good because you know you're going to reach that deductible. You just know that's going to be part of your life. You can budget for that gap that you're going to have to cover. Mm-hmm. And then knowing once you reach that deductible, generally everything is covered. It's the in-between, the average middle America, which is where most of us are at, where yeah, we do need to go to the doctor. Usually something happens or we pick up some kind of a virus or you know anything like that. We're in that middle range. So we're always having to shell out thousands. And that's where you get hurt with those plans. And yes, usually with a high deductible plan, you can elect to have an HSA, health savings account, which can be helpful. But I think we also lose sight of the fact that when you have an HSA, it's, it's not a freebie. So the money is put into the HSA for the benefit of paying these unreimbursed expenses, these uncovered expenses and deductibles, but you still have to put the money there. You don't pay tax on the money, which is great, but it's still your money. Um, Still not discretionary spending. You don't have access to it for other things. Um, 
You know, one thing I do like though is they've expanded what you can use it for. Um, so now you can, you know, use it for over-the-counter um, expenses for cough drops and you know cough medicine and all that other stuff. Where before it was only able to use be used for prescriptions, at least the coverage that we had. Um, so you get a little bit more flexibility in in that space. Um, I. What what is your experience with your your clients? Are you seeing a, a full range of having to try to help them navigate through um, insurance? I I can't say that I've had much um, of a broad experience. Um, I have a lot of younger clients who have gone been able to go on to their parents' insurance, um, which has helped with coverage there. Or most have coverage through employment. Um, what about you ladies? I'm finding kind of a mix. So I've had a lot of people with employer coverage, but we kind of build that into our coaching conversations, especially as we're planning ahead for the next year of what's really going to make sense. And so I spend time walking through questions as far as, you know, let's actually sit down and talk about what do you expect? What kind of prescriptions are you and your, you know, your kids on? What does that normally cost you out of pocket? How has your insurance worked for you in the past? Um, and then looking at these deductibles, making sure they have the resources or can plan ahead for that if something were to happen. Um, so I actually do probably most of my clients at one point or another, we do go over healthcare coverage and talk about it. And especially at this time of year with open enrollment. Um, but that's just, it's such a huge part of a family's annual budget, this outlay, because um, you're looking at premiums, even through employer plans, if people have a spouse and children, uh, I'm seeing typically 900 up to $1,500 a month is what people are paying out of their paychecks per month. Yeah. Yeah. I have had clients who have told me if it weren't for what healthcare would cost us on the open market, we would be making plans to stop working before we're 65. Hmm. It is literally the, the cost of healthcare insurance that is keeping some of them employed longer than they would like to be. There's an enormous gap between being financially ready to retire or semi-retire, pay for your living expenses, and then that gap of Medicare at 65, that you've got to be able to fund the healthcare costs. Um, and that's just an enormous portion of, for most people, their retirement budget. Well, and Medicare is not free either. No, I think sometimes people don't realize that, that it's not like the government's going to give it to you for free when you turn 65. You will pay for it and it will be coming out of your social security checks. I have to add something. This is uh, kind of also a segue into talking about self-employment for health insurance because um, I think that affects, it affects many of us. And listening. Yeah, uh, I also found out just as a side note, you know, social security, you get benefits dependent on what you've earned over years and decades of employment, right? So they average it out basically on your highest earning years out of the 35 
social security years. So that's great. What I found out is your Medicare premium is based on your tax return income the year before you go on Medicare. So really? let's, so let's, I, I'm, I just found this out in the past week and my mind is blown and I'm not happy about it. Well, <laughs> let me tell you, because so for someone, for example, me, I had a large gap. I stayed home to raise my children. I also homeschooled. So I had many years of no income later in life. Now I have businesses and a career and I'm trying to make sure I'm going to have a nice social security benefit. So my high earning years are right now. But overall, my social security benefit, it's not going to be great because of this huge gap in my employment. However, as I grow and build my businesses, social security, Medicare, they're going to look at my last year before I go onto Medicare. And that's going to skew it because if you go over a certain threshold, and it's really not that high, you automatically get bumped into a higher Medicare cost. There's a base Medicare cost per month, per person. But once you cross this threshold, it goes up. So I think the average, the regular is $164 a month right now. If you go over the threshold, your Medicare premium can go up to $562 a month. I believe that's the number. That's wow. an enormous differential. And it's based on that earnings just the year before. So Anyway, I just thought I'd throw that out there. I'm horrified, and I don't really know what to do with that. I don't know if I should take a vacation year before um, I go on Medicare. <laughs> it's not that far down the road, so I'm trying to figure out what to do about that. Um, so but do you automatically go on Medicare at 65? You Well, yes and no. Um, you have to be the one to initiate it. Okay. The government does not do it for you. And you have a very short window, um, and I'm just giving generalities because I don't know the exact rules, but it's something like four months before and up to four months after you turn 65. That is your window to apply. If you don't do it and you postpone it, you will get penalized. Your, medical, your Medicare wow. premiums will be higher if you do not elect Medicare during that window of time. Wow, I'm learning more than I expected in this conversation. I, I listened for years to my mother talking about the change, you know, every year you've got to select your Medicare plan and she would do that for her mother. And it blows me away how complicated the plans are. Yeah. And it, it really, makes me think decades down the road, what happens for people who have to go through all of this stuff year after year, who don't have a son or a daughter to help them navigate all of those choices? Because it's complicated. Yeah. I don't know, because like you both, I work with numbers all the time, you know, finance, that's part of my life. And I'm finding this all very challenging. You know, there's Medicare part A, part B, part D, C is optional, uh, gap insurance, which most people get, Medicare Advantage. Mm -hmm. uh, again, difference in premium costs. And I think the general thought is that you're on Medicare, most of your things are covered. There's a lot that isn't. And again, trying to choose between the different plans, especially when you have this gap coverage, uh, these advantage plans, trying to choose something. Um, this 
just like we're in open enrollment right now, this dilemma of what to choose and trying to figure out what the future is going to hold and what your finances can handle, um, it's a nightmare. And unfortunately, you have to go through it every single yes. year. This is not a one and done. Yeah, I agree with you, Rita. Um, as much as we're into numbers, when my mother um, started working with um, having to um, do the enrollment through Medicare, I was like, I don't understand this. I'm not sure where to go with this or how to advise you or give you recommendations on what to choose. And fortunately for us and our communities, we have senior centers and they take care of our senior citizens. And it is just amazing that they are um, very active in, um, in doing that. So during open enrollment time, they have meetings at the senior centers to help um, out with that. So I encourage anyone, if you have that as a resource in your area and you aren't sure how to help a parent or a grandparent, um, look into that to um, try to offer them as much help as possible from the professionals that they have come into these centers to walk them through the process. That is awesome. We're, I think that is going to be a growing need for the next few decades as our population in this country ages. Mm -hmm. um, and I would also look at the other end of the spectrum for anybody who is young and healthy and listening and who's been on the fence about whether or not to get covered at a minimum, something is better than nothing, even if you just opt for catastrophic coverage only. Mm -hmm. If you're young and healthy and you want to roll the dice and you just don't have a lot of margin, make sure you're covered if something just unthinkable happens. The unthinkable happens every day to people everywhere. It just might not have happened to you. That's a great point. Um, and then for our listeners, just the idea of catastrophic care, that's when, again, super high deductible, not the best coverage, but at some point when the bills get high, the insurance company will pick up everything. At some point, you're going to reach an out of family or out of pocket individual maximum, and you won't have to pay anymore. Because really, if you were to get in an accident and end up hospitalized for a month, in most cases, you would be well over any limits for any insurance plan. You know, you're quickly into the 20, 30, $50,000 of medical costs easily for just a one month stay or even a couple of weeks, you know, if you were to get hit by a car or something like that. So yeah. you're right, Alyssa, having that basic coverage. Um, before we go ahead, Latrice. I was going to say, and look into the supplemental insurance. And we all see the athletic commercials of where you get the help. I've not had the opportunity to use it, but I have family members that have, especially when they're planning for procedures or whatever, and knowing that their work is um, based on hourly, um, you know, conditions and they're not on a salary, that they use the supplemental insurance companies to help kind of bridge the gap to um, get through until they can get back on their feet. So that's an option. Yeah, I've always wondered about that, and I really don't even know how the supplemental works. So that might be something I need to explore because I'd like to be able to help my clients on that too. Mm -hmm. if that's a good fit for them. Yeah, absolutely. And then at you know we can include it in the the link in the notes, but there are um, some options or questions that um, we can help you guys with to 
be asking yourselves as you're looking through um, the coverages um, to make sure that you're on the right track. So just it'll be some recommendations on questions to ask yourself and even go back to your HR departments or, you know, look um, into, you know, being advised on what you need to know to answer questions for your specific situations before making a choice. Absolutely. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up before we wrap it up is for self-employed, because if you don't have a spouse or, or you don't have an actual W-2 paying regular job, you got to get your own health insurance. And again, back to that healthcare.gov. And, you know, back in the old days, we didn't have that available. So it is a real blessing to be able to buy health insurance when you're self-employed. Um, but something I think people need to keep in mind um, is when you're self-employed, your premiums are tax deductible. This is a privilege that the self-employed get that everybody else does not. You know, when you're employed, you can have your premiums paid pre-tax, but as a self-employed, you know, 100% of your premiums are tax deductible against your adjusted gross income. So not a tax deduction, but an actual adjustment to your income up to the net income of your business. So you can't have a loss in your business and deduct the premiums. So if you make $10,000 in your business and you have $6,000 in premiums, you're going to be able to have a $6,000 adjustment to your income because you have enough net income from your business. So that's a real perk. And that's something to keep in mind when you're self-employed and you're looking at that balance between the high deductible plans with a lower premium and trying to decide, would it be better to pay more in premiums um, but have better coverage, but you're going to pay more in premiums, keeping in mind that you can deduct those premiums. And so that can actually make a difference um, that you know you're at least getting the benefit of that. That is great to know. Thank you for that. Yeah, that's something I look at all the time. Um, it still doesn't make the decision any easier, though. And I still haven't picked out my plan for next year. I'll probably go with the same plan. Um, I picked a lower deductible last year. That's what my choice was in 2022. Mm -hmm. Lower deductible, little higher premium, decided to take that chance. And wouldn't you know it, this year, I haven't been to the doctor once. Not <laughs> once. <laughs> I purposely picked a plan that was going to cover way more, have a smaller deductible, and I haven't been to the doctor. I have a well visit coming up, but other than that, nothing. So I haven't yeah. even really used the insurance except for a couple of prescriptions. So again, roll the dice. we can't predict what's going exactly. to happen. Well, that's it for us for today, talking a little bit about healthcare choices and uh Wishing you well and hoping you're making really good choices with your health care. And uh, we'll see you next time on Money and Mocha. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.